We need uh, people that will give themselves to God uh, to go and tell. People like these that, uh, that haven't heard, that haven't had a chance to read the Bible, have never heard the Word of God uh, to go and tell them. <clears throat> uh, it's, an un- it's a sad statistic that I've heard since I've been back uh, that uh, Bible colleges in America are graduating fewer and fewer preachers. Uh, there's fewer and fewer people that are going to college just to prepare for the ministry. Uh, and a lot of colleges are, are um, shutting their doors, I guess, uh, from what I've heard. Bible colleges that used to put out a lot of preachers, a lot of missionaries. Um, <clears throat> they're not getting the enrollment that they used to get. A lot of schools are becoming accredited uh, in order to draw students. <clears throat> and that's a, um, a sad statistic that we have to take steps like that just in order to call people, uh, to entice young people to come to college, to Bible college. Uh, and, you know, it makes me think, uh, certainly God has not stopped calling people. You know, certainly the need has not decreased for preachers to go out and just give their lives to preaching the gospel. No, surely God is still calling people. So why? Why uh, are are the number of people preparing for full-time service, why is that number dropping? Uh, You know, Satan attacks on all fronts. Uh, And I think that one way he attacks Christians is to make us uh, materialistic, to make us walk by sight and not by faith. And so uh, <clears throat> we're becoming more heathenistic. Americans really are becoming more heathenistic in their outlook, in their worldview, in the way they look at life. There was a Mongolian woman that had a daughter that was studying in a Bible college in America, in an independent Baptist Bible college in America. And she was all worried about her daughter because she didn't know what her daughter was going to do with that degree once she got done. She says, well, she's going to come back to Mongolia, and what is she going to do? You know, how is she going to find work? How is she going to support herself? She didn't understand, of course, that, uh, that the ministry is work uh, that God will compensate us for. You know, that God will take care of us. And, and he calls some people to give themselves to that ministry full time. And unfortunately, it seems that many Christians have also begun to think that way. You know, parents, instead of encouraging their kids to, to give themselves to God that, and, and speaking well of going into the ministry, they're encouraging them to get a profession so that they can make it in the world. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with uh, going to school to, to, to get a profession and to work, if that's God's will for you. <clears throat> but we need to be careful of uh, that, that materialistic mindset that Satan uh, is fairly successfully being able to put in the hearts and minds of Christians. We need to understand the spiritual life. And I want to look this, this evening out of Colossians. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 9 and 10. And, and uh, look a little bit about the, the spiritual life 
<clears throat> Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says, For in him, in Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him, which is the head uh, of all principality and power. Uh, let's pray. <clears throat> oh God, I thank you so much for your calling on my life. And I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of serving you uh, with all of my life. Uh, now, God, I pray, I, I just believe that you're still uh, calling people, that you still desire to call people. And surely you would desire to call some young people out of this church uh, into full-time service. And so, Lord, I pray that your will would be done tonight in uh, the hearts of those that have come. I pray that you would use me, O oh God. Use this message to accomplish your will uh, in people's hearts here tonight. And, Lord, I pray, according to your instruction, that you would call laborers uh, to go out into the harvest. <clears throat> Lord, we ask for your power and for your blessing, uh, and for your working in our hearts here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Colossians 2.9 says, In him doth all the fullness of the, uh, of the, um, of the Godhead uh, bodily. Again, in, in 119, For it pleased the Father that in him... Should all fullness dwell? Uh, uh, the first um, first idea that we're going to look at this evening is an idea that we looked at this morning in Sunday school. Uh, an idea that we all would accept, will accept, I'm sure. And that is the fact that Jesus is the, the center of the universe. Is the, the most important thing uh, in the universe. And uh, we live to know His glory. To see His glory and to glorify Him. <clears throat> and uh, I'd just like to ask you this evening, what, you know, what is, your, uh, what is your, your goal in life? What is it that you want to see or experience during your time here on this world? Could you make it the goal of your life before anything to know Him? To walk with Him? To be able to find His will. To be able to get an answer from Him when you pray. To know Him, first of all. And secondly, to see His power. Could you make it your goal, your your number one goal in life? To know Him and to see His power. You know, what a better way to spend our our life here uh, on, uh, on earth. <clears throat> all other things, all other things do not satisfy. You know, all other things don't satisfy. If we have all things, all the material things that we, could, uh, that we desire, there will still be an empty spot in our hearts. You know, when we get old and we look back on our life, <clears throat> we won't be able to be completely satisfied that we've spent it in the most profitable way, that we've fulfilled our, our, our most basic purpose here on the, on, the, uh, on the earth. All other things do not satisfy and all other things do not last. Okay, They just don't last. If you, can, if you could uh, gather up all the things in, that you ever wanted, like Solomon. You know, I've been reading about Solomon recently and he... Everything that he wanted to do, everything that his heart desired, he was able to do it. 
<clears throat> but everything that he gathered to himself, he left <laughs> when he left this earth. And all of those things were lost very quickly. The very next king, his son, uh, lost all of that to the, to the king of Egypt. No other thing will last. No other thing will completely satisfy than knowing God and seeing his power. And so I ask you, what do you look for out of this life? There's a man over there in Mongolia right now who's actually set up his little gear in our yard and is keeping the fire stoked for uh, Brother Rich and his wife. And he spent eight years in a, in a prison over there in Mongolia and just about died Got out of there just before he died, and he's had just trouble ever since he got out of prison. His family basically disowned him, sold all of his stuff, and uh, he's, he's lost his health in there. He'll never regain it. Uh, and he, he tells me, um, he made a profession of faith, but, you know, he's, he's told me, I just want to live the rest of my time here uh, on earth just in, in a quiet corner, just peaceful, and um, just just having a peaceful life. And I pray for him that he'll understand that that's, that's not what it's all about. You know, I, I got him in there for one thing to make it easy for the riches, but for another thing, hoping that he would, uh, he lives out in the countryside so he can't come to church, but I hoping that he would come to church and understand something. Hear the preaching and the teaching and understand something, that that's not what it's all about, just having a peaceful life. It's not what it's all about. Jesus Christ is the center of the universe. And we have seen his glory in uh, salvation. He delivered men from the power of darkness. Uh, and, and he established them. He made it possible for us to be established in righteousness. And so that is uh, the greatest work that we could ever be involved in. <clears throat> Colossians 1, 13 and 14 uh, talking about Jesus who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, about God who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Uh, verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. <clears throat> we could preach many sermons just on these verses. And boy, I just feel every time I preach out of the, especially this section of the book of Colossians, I feel so... Uh, unable to preach about these great themes. But Jesus came to save us from the power of darkness, from an empty life. Uh, the, the preacher, again, Solomon, wrote, Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. You know, we live... <clears throat> what, what does our life consist of? On this earth, under the sun. Getting up, going to work, so that we can have food to eat, so that we can eat and have strength to go to work. You know, we get up every day, go to work, come home, go to bed. Get up the next day, go to work, come home, eat a little bit, and go to bed. And then one day we die. You know, and leave everything that we've gathered together for somebody else. <clears throat> Vanity of vanities. The power of darkness is an empty life. <clears throat> it's a vain life also. It's a vain life. A life lived in vain because there is eternity. 
Okay, there is eternity. Our souls will live somewhere for all of eternity. The souls of all the people in this world, whether they're saved or whether they're not saved, will live somewhere forever. Boy, we need to dwell on these, these truths that are in the Word of God. Our life seems like a long time. I, I, I can say now, I was just thinking about things that I used to do, and, and it was 20 years ago. You know, I, to, to myself, I don't seem old enough to be talking about things that happened when I was an adult 20 years ago. Seems like a long time ago. And I'm, I'm 41 years old now. Maybe my life is half over. Another 40 years seems like a long time. But it's, it's nothing compared to eternity. And I am going to live forever, not here on this world, but in heaven. Praise God. And it, this, is, this is a time of preparation for that eternity, of, of, of determining what that eternity is going to be uh, like, uh, working for eternal rewards from, from God. <clears throat> it's an empty life that, that in the power of darkness. It's an empty life. It's a vain life. It's a criminal life. It's a criminal life. Breaking God's law day by day, day after day after day unrepentant, living, just waiting for the sentence, for God's righteous sentence to fall upon us. Jonathan Edwards preached the sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry, of a, of a, was it an angry God? Uh, and pictured it as hanging over the fires of hell by a thread, <clears throat> ready to drop into the fires of hell at any time. A criminal who has committed a crime and not been caught, he's always looking over his shoulder. Always wondering when the police might catch up with him. And uh, that's what it's like living in the power of darkness with sins unforgiven. It's a criminal life. And it's a difficult life on top of that. Uh, we looked this morning at Proverbs 13:15. It says, it says, the way of transgressors is hard. Oh, you know, you can have your fun in sin, but the sorrow is going to come. The trouble is going to come. The consequences... Uh, of, of your mistakes is going to come. <clears throat> the power of darkness. Jesus was born on this earth and became flesh that he might, uh, by the blood of his cross, by taking his sins uh, on his body and, and dying on the cross, uh, came to deliver us from that power of darkness. <clears throat> so, we... We, we are going to pursue, every one of us is going to pursue some kind of goal in life. Okay, you're going to be trying for something. You're going to, the, the things that you do day by day are going to have some kind of purpose. And I ask you, what is it? God said, don't love the world. Love not the world. 1 John 2.15 Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If, the, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So I ask you tonight, what goals are you pursuing? Theologically, you would agree that Jesus Christ is the center of the universe. But practically, in your life, is he the most important thing? Is he the center of your, of your universe, of your life? <clears throat> Colossians 2.10 
tells us we are complete in him. Ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. If we are complete in Jesus, that means that life without Christ is incomplete. It's imperfect. Okay? And who wants, who wants imperfect merchandise? You know, who wants something that's, uh, that's no good, that's broken, that doesn't work right? It's just, uh, it's just uh, a problem to us. I was telling pastor today about a, a motorcycle that I bought over there, a Chinese motorcycle. <clears throat> the Chinese stuff over there, most of it is not even worth spending your money on. <laughs> you know what? I bought this Chinese motorcycle because it was, it was cheap. <laughs> I could afford it, but uh, <clears throat> it's brought me a trouble. <laughs> and I praise God that it, it didn't bring me, uh, that it didn't um, end my life. <laughs> Uh, it's just scary when I think about it, flying down the road on something that, that uh, is likely to fall apart on you. A lot of people have died riding Chinese motorcycles over there. <clears throat> Spending money on that kind of stuff is, is, is foolish. Becky, she always has to look at the, the fruit that's in the bag. You know, they've gotten smart. Instead of letting you pick through the fruit, they always put it in a bag and put two or three rotten ones in there. <clears throat> we, don't, we don't want that kind of stuff. We don't want to spend our hard-earned money on, on stuff that's, not, that's trash, that's broken, that's imperfect. Well, life without Jesus is imperfect. It's, it's not worth spending your time and effort on. <clears throat> life not doing the good works that God has ordained for each one of us, it's incomplete. It's like that, that imperfect merchandise. <clears throat> and so we are exhorted to find God's perfect will. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, we are exhorted to find uh, God's perfect will, to present ourselves to him. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We can know uh, the will of God and we can live in it. And, and perfect life, complete life, is life in his will. Do you understand that? Some people are afraid of God's will. Some people pull back uh, from, from knowing God's will or from God's will when they hear it. No, complete life is life in His will. Uh, Colossians 2, uh, 13 and 14, it says, I'm, I'm sorry, 13, it says, And you, uh, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Life in His will is, first of all, having our sins forgiven and being reconciled to Him, being made children of God. If you haven't taken care of, of that uh, this evening, that's the first thing you need to take care of. Your life is imperfect. It's incomplete if you haven't become a child of God by, by repenting of your sins and believing in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but complete life, once you become a Christian, is also living in His will. Doing those good works that God has, has ordained uh, for you to do. <clears throat> and... We could look at, uh, we always look at God's will from two sides, uh, living in the righteous path that He desires for all of us to go in, and then 
doing the work, the particular work that he has for each one of us to do. Oh, may God give us faith to desire that complete life. Colossians 3.3, God give us faith that we might believe this verse. Ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Real life is spiritual life. Real life is life lived in his will. And how, how do we do this? You know, how do we, uh, how then do we have that complete life? <clears throat> Finally, this evening, I want to look at that, the, the fact that it, it only makes sense. Because these things are true, because Jesus Christ is the center of the universe, because we are only complete in him, it only makes sense for us to seek the things that are above. In Colossians 1 and 2, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. You know, we get comments as we go around. Uh, people kind of lift up missionaries and, and say, Wow, you know, you guys really make a sacrifice. Uh, I don't think I could do that. You know, and ev- evidently it seems kind of hard to many people uh, to be a missionary. And I want to ask you this evening, why? Why does it seem hard? You know, if you're afraid that if you were to just give your life over to God, that he might call you to some place you don't want to go, uh, what, why does that seem hard to you? What is it that you're afraid you're going to lose? Does it not mean that you have a love not for those things which are above, but for something that's below. Okay, if we're seeking material things, if we love those material things, then God's will uh, will seem hard to us. But if our affection is on the things above, where we are, oh, maybe the things that we might, the material things that we might not be able to have, you know, that deprivation really won't seem that hard to us. <clears throat> I, uh, my life, uh, as far as the desires of the flesh, for a time was really a, uh, a dream come true. Uh, as, a, as a high school student, I read some books by uh, this Western author named Will James who lived around the turn of the century and uh, it was the, the, the described the life of uh, cowboys at that time. And that became a desire in me, a dream. And the day after I graduated from high school, I left home. My home was in Maryland. I left home and went out to Montana. And uh, to make a long story short, I, I came to where I was living the life that I had read about uh, in, the, in that book. And I don't have time, you know, to go into the details, but uh, really, life was a dream come true. A lot of people live for the weekend. A lot of people just can't wait for their vacation where they can throw out, throw out their work and, and uh, just, just have fun for a while. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't really, I didn't really wish for a vacation uh, because I enjoyed the work that I did so much. Uh, every day was like a vacation. Every day I could get up and say, wow, I get to ride today you know I get to do the thing that I love to do the most today <clears throat> but I, I I 
gave that life up. When God called me out of that, he called me to Bible college. Bible college. College, school, sitting in a classroom, you know, reading books, writing stuff. That was just the farthest thing from my mind. But I gave that life up, that dream life, I gave it up. And now uh, I'm doing a completely different thing. But do you think my life has become a drudgery? You know, do you think I just hate to get up every day because I've got to do something that I don't really want to do? Do you think every day I get up and say, wow, why did I ever leave the ranch? I'll tell you, no. No. Do you think I just dread next December going back to Mongolia? No, sir. No, I don't. And I'll tell you why. Because, bless God, by His grace, I have been able to seek, set my affection on the things that are above. And I'll tell you, I am thankful I am thankful that I get to to study the Word of God. And I get to preach the Word of God and teach the Word of God to people. And I get every day to, well, not maybe not every day, but many days I get to go out and, and take God's Word to people that don't know. I get to sit down with people that have never heard about God and about how to be saved and, and explain to them out of the Bible how they can be complete in Jesus. My life is not a drudgery. God has given me a new heart. And the thing that I desire now, the thing that I, that I want to do, is God's work. And I'll tell you, uh, God will give you a new heart if you will decide that you're going to set your affection on the things above and not on the things that are on earth. <clears throat> my wife always says I, she thinks I just love books. <laughs> you know, I'm really not a book person. You know, before I came to Bible college, I didn't. I read the Bible. I was saved. I read the Bible, but that was the only book I ever wrote, read. I wasn't a book person. I didn't like sitting and studying. But God has given me a new heart. Okay, my life centers now on this work that God has given me to do, and that involves reading. You know, it involves studying so that I'll be prepared to do that work well. God has given me a new heart. And I ask you tonight, what what goals are you pursuing in life? Does a life of full-time service to God seem hard to you? If it does, that's not a huge problem. But let me tell you what you need to do. You need to ask God for a new heart and a new desire. Okay, so we're afraid to do that because those those old desires, those old things, those material things seem so precious to us. And we're afraid if I give myself over to God that I'm going to lose all these things. Well, you might lose some of those things. But you know, you don't need those things. Those things are empty. They're not, they're not completeness. Okay? God will give you a new heart if you give yourself over to Him. If you give yourself over to, 
to, to setting your affections on the things above. And then God will be able to use you. God will be able to make uh, to bring eternal results out of your life. He'll be able to make you, to give you a, a, a righteous heart, a heart that desires to do his will. <clears throat> so I, I ask you, are you seeking the things which are above? What do you want out of life? Does full-time service seem, seem nice to you, or does it seem scary to you? <clears throat> Have you made it your goal in life to know God and to see His power? <clears throat> Would you give yourself over tonight to His will? Unconditional. God, I have this desire and this desire, but uh, I give myself to You. You show me the way that I need to go. You show me the work that I need to do. And I'll do it. Can, could you give yourself over to Him tonight? God, give me a new heart. Help me to see that these things that I count so dear are, are nothing. Maybe you know God's will. Maybe God has worked in your heart and shown you his will and you've been afraid to give yourself over to it. Why not throw down that materialism that has gripped your heart and not allowed you to say, yes, God, I'll do what you want me to do. Let's, let's all pray. Oh, God, I pray that this evening you would help uh, some folks in here tonight uh, that, have been, that have not been able to set their affection on the things above and so are struggling with your will, with, are struggling with giving themselves over to you. I pray that some would have victory in, in that area this evening. Oh, help. Uh, people that, that haven't given themselves over fully to your will, Lord, to do that this evening. I pray, God, that your will will be done now uh, in, in the hearts of all those here tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name.